Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. How are we doing, Dave? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Got something a little different today. Very different, yeah. So what we've done is we realised that uh, when we do the Tuesday tune-in over on Facebook, um, which we've been doing during lockdown, we had some comments and requests around, um, you know, not everyone's on Facebook, but people still wanted to hear about the content. There's been some great stuff. We've yeah. talked about bags. We've talked about battle of the treks. We've talked about trekking boots, mindset, fitness, loads of stuff. And we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we turn these into podcasts? Because... Like you said, Dave, they're, they're sitting down listening for an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, we've got a couple of we had a couple of special guests, didn't we? We had a new head of operations over in Nepal. Yeah, uh, Lee Wardle, Ironman triathlete, um, gym owner, and all around nice guy. Um, yeah, and there's there's so much good information and good content there that, and not everybody is on Facebook or yeah can sit there and watch a video for an hour and a bit doing nothing. So yeah, this is a great format. You can do it on the go, put it in your car, listen to it. It's a bit interactive, so you're going to have seen us answer questions and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, but if you're listening to this, obviously, yeah. um, and you have any questions about any of the things you hear, uh, podcast at evertrack.co.uk. Awesome, Dave. Yeah, enjoy the episode, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, all the best. Well, hopefully this week um, is not too many uh, tech issues like before, but uh, <laughs> yeah. hey, everyone, um, if you just joined us, uh, please say hello. Give, a, give us a little comment, a little thumbs up. Um, another Tuesday tune-in. Um, yeah, this week is about sleep. We, uh, I think, was it last week, Dave? We did a Tuesday tune in, and a question popped up, and you know, it, we, we thought to ourselves we couldn't really do it justice then because someone asked, you know, what about sleep at a high altitude? How's it? How does yeah. the altitude affect your sleep? And you know, we felt that um, we we do a, an entire Tuesday tune in on it. So uh, yeah, and uh, at least this week, uh, as as Bry, hey Bry, how you doing, mate? Um, we're on the right. You can actually see us both this time because I know last week we had some issues. Um, but yeah, Dave, right? Sleeping at high altitude. Where are we going to start? Well, yeah, I think it's one of the most important aspects, and it's something that everybody that goes to altitude sort of will experience. You know, yeah. it, we we talk about acclimatization, and one of the things when we do when we do like the acclimatization talks and altitude talks, we always talk about like altitude sickness, the symptoms, hydration. Yeah. But one of the things that perhaps we don't touch on enough, and it has come up a few times, is um, sleeping at altitude. Yeah. You know, um, you know, what's it like to sleep at altitude? Will you be able to sleep at altitude? You know, should you sleep at altitude? Because there are some questions around, you know, getting 40 winks in the afternoon, whether that's a good idea or a bad idea. Yeah, very good point. Very good point. You know, so, um, yeah, there's quite a lot of topics that we can discuss about it. One of them as well is um, to do with, like, sleep apnea and things like that, which is a little bit interesting because – Sometimes at Everest, uh, at Everest, at altitude, you can experience some form of sleep apnea, even if you've never had it before. Yeah. Um, just so you know, Mark. Yeah, still in prison, mate. Still in prison. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, the the way it I'm would not, I'm actually is, um, Yeah. Li- literally, I'm sort of surrounded by lockdowns. You know, so uh, we 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 make do the best we can. Different location every week, um, but always in a prison. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Now, Dave, you made some good points there, yeah, about um, – because sleeping is really important. I mean, you know, when you're hiking uh, for consecutive days, you, you need a decent night's sleep. And, you know, we're, we're not going to lie to you. I mean, it's great. I, I know a lot of people are on here. Uh, Ramona, Simon, David, Paula, Leah, Miko, Lewis, Mark, 
Ash, Alan, Ramona again, Pippa. Great to see um, you know, some of the regulars on. But yeah, sleeping altitude can be hard work. Yeah. It can be easy. Um, you know, after a long if you've been walking for sort of several hours, it's it's like in the UK, you're you're tired, you you'll sleep. Yeah. Um, but there are some some challenges. And I think Dave, we'll start with the Everest region because you know, we're also going to talk about maybe the, the sleeping arrangements. So compared to say Kili, Morocco and, and, yeah. and say Machu Picchu. Because, you know, there's different like in, in Nepal we use a lot of tea houses, lodges, whereas on Kili we use tents. Same with Machu Picchu, we use tents. Yeah. Um and uh, the same uh, similar on Morocco, depending on what time uh, time of year you're going. Yeah. So Nepal, tea houses, um Dave, they're always comfortable, aren't they? Yeah, they're always comfortable. Um, it's like a five-star boutique hotel every time you go. Um, <laughs> no, sorry, that was a filthy lie. Um, no, so basically, yeah, when you're on your way to Everest, which is where the vast majority of, um, you know, you guys have been, and I know yeah. more of you are going to be going to Kili, which is a slightly different sleeping experience. But yeah. with base camp, you're in tea houses, lodges, tea lodges, whatever you want to call them. Um, basically, purpose-built um, you know, buildings all the way through the Kumbo up to base camp. Yeah. And they are basic, basically, is the, is the, way, is the way to describe basic, it. Basic, you, know, yeah. you, you hear people saying, like, all I need is, like, a roof over my head and a bed. Well, yeah. that's great because that's all you've got. But, um, yeah. but you know, they, they serve they serve a purpose, you know. They're not they're not bad. Yeah. We, you know, bring your sleeping bag. Often they're provided with blankets and stuff like that. Namaste, Anuj is here. Um, oh, hey, Anuj, how you doing, mate? Namaste. Yeah. Hope you're all good. Um, they are very comfortable overall yeah. because we have a great team of people over there. The lodges that we use, we're familiar with. We know the yeah. guys there. We have exclusive access to a couple of lodges yeah. um, in Namshi and Lukla and things like that. So you pretty much only see Evertrackers there. Um, but, yeah, the sleeping arrangements is one of those things where, I mean, I guess to give you a highlight how different it can be, the very first time I ever went to base camp with a friend of mine, Billy, um and i slept perfectly the whole way up yeah billy started to struggle with sleep at around namshi and probably didn't get more than about two three hours sleep a night he really struggled eh? yeah really really struggled and that's just the altitude affecting him yeah um but there are there are things that you can do to sort of nip it in the bud and perhaps both of us were a little bit inexperienced out there at that time so we didn't recognize that um, there are things you can do to help that so as soon as he started struggling with sleep, if he'd have perhaps switched to Diamox and things like that, yeah. he'd have probably had a much better time. And if he addressed certain other things, like his fatigue, if he'd actually had a rest more. Very well, right? Yeah, diet. Um, you know, and I think maybe, you know, his pack was a bit heavy, but not wanting to kind of like accept the help. I yeah, mean, yeah. Billy's a strong guy, you know. He's, he's like a really good hiker. But um, yeah, that highlighted for me the difference with, what sleep can do to you, you know, if you're not getting enough. And my dad, and as you know, when we went to base camp with my father. Yeah, the very first time. Yeah, yeah, really struggling to sleep. But um, it's weird. It's one of those ones where, like, you'll be, like, you'll be drifting off and you'll just be about to sleep at altitude. And then you kind of, like, wake up like that. It's funny you say that because I think another challenge as well is the the accommodation we use is, is relatively basic. You know, some of them are lovely for where they are. But the the walls are not the thickest. Um, Dave, as you put it once, was it the um, the walls are so thin you can hear each other's thoughts, which I thought yeah. was a good line. Yeah. Um, but it is really like that, and you know, naturally, you're going to get people in the group who snore. Um, I'm not going to sort of lie. There's there's plenty of us in the office that snore, uh, and 
you know, it's sometimes people can, if you're a light sleeper, you, you might find that a struggle. So we always, we always suggest bringing a decent pair of, um, you know, earplugs or sometimes noise cancelling headphones. Yeah. Because if you can completely block it out with those headphones, um, you know, that works really well. I think we, going back to uh, one of the trips on Killy, um, we had Steve and he really struggled with sleeping and that was camping. Yeah. But he borrowed your um, noise cancelling headphones and it did the job, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I always bring them. Yeah. Uh, because I think that it is like you said, like, you know, the neighbors, I remember one time at Namshi, my neighbors were like banging the wall and they are so thin. Like I, I can like tuck up against the wall when I sleep. And then if someone like hits the wall, you'll go like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like that. So yeah, just, you know, help, you know, helping yourself a little bit, you know, by bringing earplugs, Bring in headphones. I think the headphones are much better because, you know, I, I find it easier to go to sleep if I've got like some music on or I'm listening to an audio book or a podcast and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it's one of those it's one of those things that's it it can make a huge difference. When we were camping on Killy in February, yeah. it was quite funny. It was like a chorus, as <laughs> you know, through the camp. It was, um, it was it was like it was like we're back in the pool with all the yaks. Um, literally, I think you're right, Dave. It was like a chorus of yaks, wasn't it? Literally. Yeah, exactly. It was it, it was crazy. I mean, um, I, to be honest, didn't hear a lot of it because I, I tend to sleep okay. But yeah. I'd wake up in the morning to a lot of dirty looks, and I'm not entirely sure why because I don't think I snore. I've never heard it anyway. Um, I think another thing as well, um, like a lot of the uh, like a sleeping arrangements, and we'll, we'll, we'll keep talking about Nepal while we're talking about it now before we move on to Killy. Is that um, a lot of the the places they do have like blankets and pillows and things like that. Um, so when, you know if you are going to, to places like Nepal, uh, don't think that you have to bring the kitchen sink. Um, a lot of it is there. Some people actually don't even bring a sleeping bag. Okay, certain times of the year you'll need them, like say March, April. I'd say definitely November, maybe sort of a couple of weeks in October. Yeah. But some people just bring a liner and they use the duvets or the blankets that are in each lodge um because you're, you're never far away from a blanket or a duvet so um you know obviously a sleeping bag is nice because it's yours or if you're hiring one because you can just jump in there and stick your water in there keep you nice and warm if you get it heated yeah um you know so certainly benefits of having a sleeping bag but yeah just with um just something to think about if you you know you're, you're thinking about that it's there's a lot of stuff that you can use locally yeah exactly so i think when i went in september yeah, I didn't use a sleeping bag once the whole way. In fact, yeah, I did. I, warm, used right? in, I used it in facting, and it was too hot. Yeah. So um, the rest of the time, it made a great pillow. Um, that's one of the things I just noticed that uh, James has mentioned there by bringing a pillow. Um, it's that's all he had to say. You know, just like not sleeping like dead flat and stuff like that will help yeah. the airways. Yeah. So yeah, bring a pillow. Um, Paul, yes, uh, you don't well. If you go into Basecamp, which I know you are, Paul, um, yes, we offer a free yeah. rental of um, sleeping bags for you. So, you know, yeah. you can pick that up. So when you arrive in Kathmandu, normally Anuj, our head guy over there, will have a briefing with everyone, and he'll check mm -hmm. all the finer details that people tend to forget about. He never does. So, like, your insurance information, so that's all recorded. What equipment you need, what equipment you don't have, he, you know, he'll sort all of that out for you, no problem. If yeah. it's Kilimanjaro, um, it's rental of a sleeping bag, and it, it's not yeah. very much. It's like you know, a dollar a day or something like that. You know, it's yeah, not, it's, it's not very much. That, I think. You know, and we can do that. It's um, what's super cheap, isn't it? And yeah, what what's on the subject of Killy? Because I think we talked about 
um, Nepal side pretty much is that, yeah, you are camping, you are sharing with someone else, um, you know, which can be interesting because they're, you know, they're big enough tents, they're expedition tents. Um, and what some people like to do is because you get when, when you when you're sleeping in Kilimanjaro, you've got um, uh, basically like a, a, a mat where you, you know, like a roll mat. Uh, some people bring their own, you know, to blow up. We used, um, I actually nabbed Dave's when I was on there. <laughs> Thank you very much, Dave. But it's, uh, yeah. it's a little bit more comfortable. And then your sleeping bag goes on top and, you know, you can you can bring a blow up pillow or people just sleep uh, using their bag as a pillow. Yeah. Um, and then in between then you put your duffel bag. So it kind of gives you a little bit of separation. But, you know, when it comes to sleeping and if, if one of you guys snores, um, you know, again, you've got to be thinking of those earplugs or those uh, noise cancelling headphones because, yeah, um, that will affect your sleep. And yeah, you, know, you might be tired enough to sleep through it. Like I'm a very deep sleeper. I'll sleep through anything. Yeah, which is which is good, like which is lucky, really, because um, yeah, it's very share a ten with me. But uh, so when, yeah. when we were there as well, Jerome's asked an interesting question about um, the tea houses. Do you get a proper bed with a mattress? Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, no, not really. So you get like a, a bed, so you're off the ground. This is um in in Nepal, yeah. um, but you get a very very thin foam mattress. Now some people are fine with it. I actually think I don't mind it so much. Like I realise this, and that's why I'm kind of happy to offer up my blow up one because a firm thing helps my back. I have a back issue. Lying on something firm actually helps. Some people are the opposite. You know, if they don't have that support and a bit of softness, then they end up with like pains and stuff. Uh, my father, uh, when he went to base camp, brought a blow-up mattress and slept on that as well as the the mattress underneath, and yeah. it made a big difference. Um, on Killy as well, so they give you the the little mats and stuff like that. They're quite similar to the mats. Remember in high school, you used to put the mats down when you did PE and stuff like that. They're <laughs> relatively similar to not the big thick crash ones where you'd fall off and land on them, just the ones you sort of yeah. do your exercises on. They're similar to those. So having a um, a blow up one is makes a big difference. I have a um, what's the make hand? Um, uh, you have got. Jeez, now you're testing me. Uh, I know it's, it's totally gone. to me. Uh, I used it last week. <laughs> it is difficult, isn't it? It's um, lovely. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> if it comes it, to it, I will put it in there. Um, it'll come back. Give anyway. me thirty seconds. I got to go in my mind palace. Yeah. So basically, what I did realize though is because I bought it. Also called Google. <laughs> yeah. And um, what I did was when I brought it to Killy, it was fine until I started getting to high altitude and you have to start blowing it up. It's a real issue. You know, it takes ages. It exhausts Thermarest. you. Thermarest. There we go. Thermarest. Yes, yeah, so I've got the Thermarest. Um, they're not the cheapest, but they are really, really good. They held the air really good. They, they actually, um, you know, try and like keep the, the heat from your body within you. It doesn't let it disperse. It stays yeah. within the mattress. So it's really good. Um, yeah, but yeah, you can buy a little uh, pocket pump that runs on batteries to blow it up with. Well, that is very handy, especially at altitude. Because yeah, so I remember, was it Spud and he was literally every evening, it took him like 15 minutes. Yeah. And he came out of the tent after blowing it up. And he looked like he'd been for a marathon. Yeah, well, we had a, we, me and him had a race when we were, at, um, I think it was Karanga, so quite high up on there. And we had a race to see who could blow our mattress yeah. up first. It was a stupid idea. <laughs> yes, Sinead, uh, Under no circumstances would I ever do it again. Because both of us <laughs> were really like airlifted off the mountain. <laughs> you know, like blowing it up. I, I'm going to put it out there. I won because the thermo rest is quite small. Um, yeah. His was like a proper big, huge thing. But um, yeah, it yeah. makes a difference. Honestly, you, uh, the thermo rest, um, you are right, Paul. They are expensive. 
Um, yeah. So it's one of those things I sort of I worked up to. I've had a number of different blow up ones that I've got from Go Outdoors, got one from Halfords, <laughs> you know. So, um, but actually, once I've got it, it's brilliant. It packs down to about this big. It's really light. Yeah, really good, that isn't it? Yeah. The only downside um, is a bit crinkly because of the material, you know. So when you're lying on it, they tend to be a bit loud. But you know, they're right. Oh, we got a few people joining us. I noticed some new names as well. Um, yeah, I'll say hello to Suzette. I don't think I've, I've seen you on the live, but yeah, thanks for, for joining us. No, there are uh, new people. Oh, you um, yeah, I can see some new names. Ramona. Um, <laughs> Paul Reed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's great to, see, uh, great to see the regulars on, um, obviously, during, uh, although we're in kind of a local lockdown. I know a lot of the UK is sort of patchy with regards to local lockdowns at the moment. Um Fortunately, I was able to get to the office today, which is why I'm here. There's a couple of things I needed to get. So yeah. I was like, right, I'm going to do the, the Tuesday tune in here. Um, but, yeah, there's a couple of questions come through from the guys. We've also had some from uh, – obviously, we've sent an email out, and we've had some questions there. So, Dave, what, where should we start, mate? What questions should we start? Um, yeah, so we had some – so this is a like a, a new sort of thing we do. So if you see it and you're not able to jump on these lives, so if you're listening to it um, on the podcast or watching it on YouTube as a rerun – um we send it an email now to give everybody a chance to get some questions in and stuff like that because um and we've had some a lot of them um you might be familiar with so dave clayton um so what he asked is uh he's interested in completing the annapurna circuit what are our thoughts on how heavy the nepal lockdown is going to be okay uh, he spoke to someone the other day and they were not able to go to the shops um, so yeah, Nepal is in one of those, it, it is quite heavily restricted at the moment. Um, so the advice that we're sending out to all of our people, all of you guys is that, um, yeah, the situation in Nepal is actually, it's getting steadily worse with the coronavirus. Then the numbers yeah. are going the wrong way. They're getting higher, not lower. Um, but they tend to kind of like come in and out of lockdown. Uh, yeah. but actually I think overall that might have a negative effect on their ability to sort of get the numbers as low as possible. However, um, with that, if you want to do Annapurna and stuff like that, you know, we anticipate that the spring season, March, April, May, we're going to be back to full strength, back to full numbers heading out there. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think, you know, if it's this season, I would probably urge you more to go next season. Yeah. twenty twenty onwards, because one of the aspects about going out there is, you know, not just getting from A to B and ticking a box. It's the experience as well, you know, seeing the places, meeting the people, um, having the freedom of you know going out to another country as amazing as Nepal and just soaking it all in, and I think you know you, you guys all know what lockdown is like. That's not really possible. So yeah, next year I think it'd be better. Yeah, I think you're right. It's um it's one of those things we've been getting in touch with all of our um you know Nepalese uh, people are going to Nepal in the autumn, and um you know I think most people have rescheduled now um, because it's 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 not great out there. I mean you know we say that. I mean it's always you know we always try and support Nepal as much as we can. Um, but we did see, I think today there was, because people, some people have lived out there since lockdown, like literally since March. Um, <laughs> I could just see the, a message from Bribe because he was out there in March and he did get locked down in a loft, which was uh, which is not a bad thing. But yeah, yeah basically they, they've been there since March and are now actually going and they flew to Lukla today to actually start their trek. And part of me was a little bit jealous. I'm thinking, wow, how quiet would it be being the only people there? Yeah. I'm trekking in the 50s or 60s. But you know, um, for people traveling over to Nepal, it's uh, the moment it's just it's not really possible. Um, you know, there's a lot of hoops you've got to jump through. It's quite dangerous. I know it's dangerous over here as well, but it's um, it's one of those things, unfortunately, that yeah. 2020 has just proven a bit of a, 
bit of a bugger when it comes yeah. to travel. I think um, one of the other things as well, you know, we just we always like to, you know, try and keep our finger on the pulse as much as possible. Yeah. But we know that if you go to these places, you're going to have to uh, isolate for 14 days when you come back, irregardless of whether or not you get a test. And breaching that lockdown, now you get a 10 grand fine, I read in the newspaper the other day. So it's one of those things where the information is going the other way. <laughs> you know, we want it yeah. to go, like, be more positive. But, uh, you know, I think that one of these, you know, I'm still incredibly positive about it. I'm looking forward to getting back out to Nepal. Um, yeah, as as spring season, yeah. I think, is going to be when things kick off again. So, um, yeah, Annapurna Circuit, um, Dave, no worries. Get in touch with us and we'll make it happen for you. Yeah, nice. Um, Glenn also on the email as well, because we'll, we'll, we'll finish the emails one because we've got a lot coming in on the um, on the live as well. Um, to poll or not to poll? Love it. Um, he's never used trekking poles, and um, can we use the discuss the advantages of using them? Extend well, was it extendable ones or or fixed? Yeah, um, you know, when I started hiking, I never used to use them. To be honest, I thought there it was a bit cumbersome. You know, I, I want to keep my hands free, especially if you you know you're tripping over or falling. But over the years, I've really got to use them now. I use them pretty much whenever I go hiking. Um, I used to, you know, years ago, sort of think, oh, you know, people with poles. You know, there's obviously um, a style to it. But now, you know, they do help my knees. They, they do help a lot. So, you know, there's certain advantages, especially if you've got issues with your knees or your ankles. They do take the pressure off, especially on the downhill. Um, you know, so de definitely, I mean, some people start using one. But then what I've found is, um, and especially when people only use one, is that your body kind of leans a certain way. And, you, you know, you're using one. Okay, you can swap it. But naturally, your strongest arm, will use it more, which means that that can affect your back. So if you are using them, you know, use two, and you will notice a difference if you use them over multiple days. Extendable or fixed? Um, yeah, the, the you know, the, um, the ones that, you know, you can take apart, um, you know, they, they are really good. They're a bit more expensive if they're good ones uh, because, you know, you can save on the space. But the fixed ones generally split in two anyway. You know, unless you get ski poles, but I don't really use ski poles, which are all all in one. Yeah. Um, most trekking poles split in, you know, down a bit so you can get them in. So they're the ones. And look, if you're going on a trip to say Everest Base Camp or Kili, um, you know, to Morocco or, or down in South America, you can pick them up locally. So don't think that you have to use them in the UK. But then again, if you're out and about doing some training and, you know, if, if all you can do is hike in the UK right now or whatever yeah. you are, get out there, try them. Um, yeah. You know, I love them. Dave, you're you're similar to me, right? Yeah, similar to you, I'm a, sort of a relatively recent convert. And, you know, given the last yeah. few years, I've started using them more and I've started using two. Um, fixed poles, I mean, almost all poles that I know of now are telescopic, at least, with the clip yeah. lock system. Um, I think the clip lock is better than the twist lock. The twist one, even no matter how tight you get, it'll always loosen. The clip lock holds it steady. So I think get some telescopic poles with the clip lock. Um, I've got some of the ones that actually break down and fold um they're really light um but actually telescopic is is easier you know yeah because um, a lot of the time as well with poles you'll use them and not you you don't need them on the flat really i mean some people do if you're doing like say uh the glencoe challenge you know in scotland which, yeah. we, which is 26 miles okay so if you use them on the flat and you're walking with poles over a mile or five miles it's going to make zero difference over 20 miles it will make a difference um personally the way i use them on the mountain is i use them on the steep sections mainly so you can get your arms going um, on the uphill and then on the downhill, you can put them out in front of you and it takes a lot of pressure off the knees. And then when I'm not on the steep sections, I'll just stow them in the side of the bag. 
Um, yeah, nice. That's why you, you're going to want collapsible ones or um, telescopic ones, so you can just put them back in. Nice. Uh, yeah. uh, right, Heather's oh, asked oh. about during my spin class this evening, I found myself starting to worry about the mountain biking um, when I go to Machu Picchu, she's going next year. Yeah. Um, wants to know how strenuous the day is. It's, it's not that bad at all. Pretty much it's um, – there's a little bit of uh, up and down, but it's very easy from uh, a mountain biking uh, sort of point of view. I mean, Dave, I know you're – you're you're the you're the biggest out of all of us in in terms of mountain biking. Um, it's a pretty easy day, isn't it? I know that one yeah, over Massey Beach. I know it's you know four or yeah. five hours, but generally you're stopping on the way. Yeah, it's more of a day trip on the bike. It's nothing hardcore. Yeah. Um, there might be a couple of climbs and stuff like that, but you're staying relatively local. Um, you know, so you're not going like into the high mountains or uh, to extreme yeah. altitude or anything like that. Um, so no, I think you should be fine. Don't worry about it. Look forward to it. I would say a spin class is not something that you want to uh, sort of think about your trip on you know <laughs> like yeah yeah to um, so trust me your spin class is harder than the mountain biking you're going to be doing out in um peru so yeah don't don't worry about that at all i see lots of comments here about the uh i think i mentioned it last week or week before poles will stop you getting like fat hand syndrome as well or fat finger syndrome it seems to be when you're hiking at altitude i don't know why but i mean not just altitude when you're hiking uh, you know anywhere yeah you're uh, you know, you, yeah, I don't know. Your blood just seems to pool in your hands. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, that, that's what it is, Dave. It, it, it's the blood that basically concentrates, and that's what thickens your thickens your fingers. Yeah. So what you do is, when you've got the poles, you tend to be like holding them, and you tend to be doing this every now and again. You know, so squeezing and squeezing, and it just keeps the blood moving around your body. So you tend to stop them. Because yeah. I remember when I was up on altitude, I was like, I realised this at Nanshi and I saw two girls just staring at their hands going, why? <laughs> you know, and I, why? I, and I was like, you, you two need poles. And they were like, really? And I was like, yeah, it makes a big difference. And I saw them later in Dingbutcher. They were like, Dave. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it's, it's really, it, it is strange, you know, but um, one thing I say, you know, when you, whenever you do trekking, especially when you do trekking at high altitude, uh, your body will go through various changes, you know, um, and you don't want to um, overanalyze it too much, you know, because people become like, what's that? It's, you know, when you're like driving a car and you hear that noise and you're like, what's that noise? What's that? What's that? Yeah. Thing? What's going to break? People are like that with their bodies when they're hiking, you know, because because obviously there's a lot at stake. But I think just relax, enjoy it, have a laugh. <laughs> you know, your guides yeah. are there. We always say it. I think every bit of advice we give ends with, you know, our guides are amazing. Rely on your guides. They know about fat finger syndrome. <laughs> the <pole laughs> can make a difference. Yeah, no, you touched on a good point there, though. It is just about going out there, enjoying it. Obviously, there's a lot going on because you're at high altitude. Um, you know, naturally, you're going to be thinking, you know, how is my body reacting? But try and um, you know, try and relax because you know, once you once you get that anxiety there, it's hard to lose it. Um, you know, so try and enjoy it. That's what you're there for. You're there to have an awesome time. Uh, obviously if you're, if you're going through some bad stuff then you know do lean on your guide as dave said and yeah. share what you're going through i mean um you know the guys always always look after that kind of things um you know and also tell the people you're with as well like you know how are they feeling oh you know how are you you know and uh, look after each other um, yeah, like ramona said keep your hands elevated above the heart i think that's a good idea ramona but i it might be a bit awkward <laughs> you know just, no, I, I, yeah i think the science behind it is um just, Track like this the time, Right, we got some more. Uh, this one's from uh, Christina Pullen. Uh, again, on email, she said she'd go into Killy, um, sorting the flights. What places do you recommend after trekking up Killy? So, you know, some some sort of add-ons, examples of what we've done, and rough idea of price. So we worked on 
a couple of different things. Um, in Tanzania, there's there's heaps to do, but uh, the two big things are going for a safari. Yeah. Uh, and also there's um, there's some little bit of chilling out area in Zanzibar, which is, you know, is a flight. So it's not next to Kili, um, but it's something else that you can do. So we, we're offering that to everyone that books with us. Um, literally in the next sort of week or so, it'd be available to actually purchase yeah. in your members area if you've booked a trip with us. Um, you know, with we've got a couple of options for Safari. We've got a couple of options for Zanzibar. Um, <clears throat> having been to both, um, doing the Serengeti is highly recommended. It's one of the most amazing things you'll see. And if you're in Tanzania and you're doing the Kilimanjaro the long way and you want to, you know, if you're into animals and, and doing that kind of thing, then, yeah, it's great. If you want to relax after Kili, then maybe Zanzibar's for you. You can do some scuba diving, chill on the beach, see a bit of Stone Town, which is in Zanzibar. So, yeah, there's a couple of different things. Um, we'll, instead of giving you all the information, uh, I think um, when we, because we are, we'll send this out to everyone on email, yeah. post in the group. Um, we're very uh, in the middle of uploading them on the website. Once we're on the website then, uh, it shouldn't take us too long. You'll be able just to book and add them on, and then they'll show up in your trip area uh, like you've booked your other trips. Yeah. Um, so it's got all the info there. So yeah, uh, Christina, that's um, we're not we're not far away from that. Yeah. So Graham Gordon has asked an interesting question as well. Okay. Um, after this was on the email, I believe. After yeah. multiple walks over the last few weeks, months, his boots stink. <laughs> He's got Gore-Tex lightweight North Face boots. Uh, what top tips, products, getting rid of the smell? Smells like a yak has used it as a urinal. <laughs> That um, is my favourite line of the week. That is, yeah, smells, good question. Good question. Yeah, could use it as a urinal. I found that the lightweight Gore-Tex ones tend to pick up an odour a lot more than the my Mendel Bhutan's. Got to get that every week. Um, you know, <laughs> so um, for some reason, I think that does make a little bit of a difference. But to be honest with you, one, try not to get your feet wet. So reproofing them all the time makes a big difference. So keeping them proofed, stopping your feet getting wet. Um, one, you can bring a spare pair of socks and swap them halfway through your walk. It'll yeah. make a big difference. It's like cutting your walk in half each time. Um, secondly, I think by removing the insoles after every walk um, and then letting them dry completely and then spraying them maybe with some Febreze and stuff like that. I'll be honest with you, I'm no expert. Um, I think the smell of my boots is like a badge of honor. Um, <laughs> and, you know, if, <laughs> Like, although, you know, if I sleep in the back of my van, like, you know, on a trip or something and my boots are by my head, I might just move them towards the door. <laughs> um, but, yeah, my dad used to say when he played football that you never wash a winning pair of boots. And um, wow. I've, oh like, I've transported that into the hiking, you know. So if I have a hike and they're successful, no blisters, never wash them. Nice. Yeah, no, it's... It... It is difficult because everyone's different. Some people will sweat more than others. Dave, I know you probably get more sweaty feet than me. Um, naturally, there's going to be an odour that occurs. Uh, I, I quite like Chris, um, uh, Chris Clifford Hurst. For smelly boots, put used dry tea bags. Soaks up the smell. You know what? Yorkshire tea. Yeah. yeah I might try that. PG Rem tips versus Yorkshire. Let's do it. Yeah, remember to take them out before you put your feet back in. Um, otherwise, I suppose that wouldn't be that bad, actually. You know, fresh tea, bit in your boot. Um, it smell better than um, what was it that Graham Gordon said? There was a yak. Um, yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, so um, yeah, I also noticed Jerome said he was a bit gutted that when he went to Killy, he didn't. This is off topic. Uh, he didn't explore Moshi in Tanzania. Yeah, I saw that. Well, Moshi is a great place. We've um, yeah. so basically on we've got an extra day at the beginning of our trip. So you arrive. That's your arrival day. You chill in the hotel. The next day we do an exploration day around Moshi. 
So we go over to the rice paddies and we see all the local like agriculture and stuff. And then we do a walk. We go up to the market, up to town, have a coffee, do the shops and all stuff like that and experience mm-hmm. Moshi as well. Um, it's one of the big things about our trips as well, and isn't it? We always have that day where we yeah. want people to get to know the country where they're visiting. Um, yeah, it's it's it's, it's huge. It's, I mean, we do it in everywhere we go. We we always like, well, we'll put an extra day in. I mean, because we, you know, at the end of the day, I know where we're climbing. Um, obviously, just talking about Killy here, we're climbing a mountain, but there's there is more to to these places than just climbing up a mountain. I mean, yeah, it feels a shame, doesn't it, just to kind of just do that and then leg it without seeing and meeting the people in the local area and the and the culture. Yeah. So yeah, we always do that. And um, yeah, one thing actually, while whilst we're here, because obviously you're talking about I think yesterday, we uploaded some walkthrough videos for Killy. So you, and one of those you can actually see is is that particular day. So I think which is day two. Yeah. So we did day one to ten. We didn't do the last day because that's just a chill out before you go. But the day one to ten, you can see now we've got the the walkthrough videos for YouTube. So naturally they'll probably be shared on social media. But I just want to tell everyone that we put them on there now. If you're going yeah. to Killy, interested in Killy um you know have a little look and you can watch the full walkthrough um which i've done uh, filming obviously some of the content we filmed uh, earlier this year um yeah just while we're talking about uh, that it just reminded me i tell you what i want to just call out um give a shout out to jill haran okay with an idea that i'm going to try because it kind of makes sense put boots in a carrier bag then put them in a freezer because it'll kill the bacteria causing the odor Ooh, that's Oh, Dave, you've disappeared, apparently. Oh, my God. Always yours. <laughs> I hope they can still hear you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Am I, am I back? Am I back? Uh, let's have a look. Oh, there we go. Jill, Jill's ha- had a look at day two video anyway, but um, let us know if you see Dave again because he's just yeah. in his videos. Maybe turn it on and off, Dave. Turn it on and off again. <laughs> yeah, if you can. So, oh, uh, yeah. I, yeah, definitely... Okay, we can still hear you, you, Dave. Okay, I'm going to try and... That's it, and try it again. Sorry, everyone. Um, Yeah, always, it it seems to be tech issues lately, Dave. We're going to um, get a new head of IT. Can everyone see Dave now? If you can can see him, can you... um... Uh, Voice, but no vision. Okay, right. Let's have a look. Let's have a little look and see. Sound is fine. Well, Dave, even if we, we can hear you anyway, so yeah, I think yeah. we, can, we can crack on. Because, That's um, fine. I've been wanting to take my shirt off for a while anyway. So, uh, <laughs> well, no, I just heard I'm back. Must leave the shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. There we go. The, the classic turn it off, turn it back on again has worked. I tell you what, I, I, this, it's, it's not my hardware because I'm using a different camera today. You know, so it's, yeah. so it's something to do with the, with the software. But... Um, yeah. Okay, we'll yeah. have a look at that. We'll have a look at that. We'll um, I'll get head of IT onto it, Dave. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we need a new one. Right, where were we? Where were we? Um, talking about putting boots in a freezer was the last thing I was talking about. Yeah, I, I, uh, I quite like I quite like the sound of that idea because yeah. it kind of it kind of makes sense to me that uh, I have read somewhere that you know if you freeze bacteria, it's it's not too fond of it. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try that. Although, Dave, yeah, next time we go out. Maybe if this weekend we're going to do that, and then we'll let you know how we all get on, and if Dave's uh, boots un- gets unfreezed. Yeah. Uh, right. We got. Have we got any more questions there? I know we've got loads off the live, so we're going to go straight into them. Um, let's have a little look because we've got. Uh, oh, Paul, Paula. Yeah, Paula. Um, I'm not sure if we if we answered this already, but um, is a silk liner the best for Killy? 
Um, yeah, Paul, I know you're, you're going to kill it. I'd probably say no, I'd stick with a sleeping bag. I mean, there's no harm having it in the sleeping bag if you're renting a sleeping bag. If you've got your own, I'd probably say that that's what you use instead of a silk liner, only because as you get higher, it does get a bit colder. Yeah. Um, and it's nice just to jump into, um, you know, your sleeping bag, and that's kind of your cocoon, if you like. Um, that's your little base camp that you can retreat to every night. Um, and if it's just a silk liner, yeah, I, I, I'd go with a sleeping bag, to be honest. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Always, always better to, like like I said, you know, uh, sleeping bags and liners and stuff like that. Um, yeah. was it, and like condoms. Rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. There we go. Yeah, I knew <laughs> You always talk about Mandel Bhutans and condoms like every week now. Mate, they were a good idea. <laughs> they were a good idea. I'm, I'm, I'm very pro. Um, um, <laughs> moving on quickly. Amanda yeah. has said, uh, what, what's the rough time for bed on EBC? You enjoy a good eight to ten hours. Uh, get a good eight to ten hours then. I would say people start bimbling off to bed at around seven, to be honest with you. Yeah, so quite early, early, isn't it? Yeah, you're so very, tired. Yeah, very rarely will people be up at around ten. Um, but uh, the lodge is like the tea house area, the communal area, pretty much like shuts down at around about 10-ish, something like that. To be honest, most of the time I'll probably disappear to bed between sort of half seven and nine, depending on how I'm feeling and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, but if you like a good eight to 10 hours, make sure you've got a good eight to 10 hours. You'll be waking up at around 6.30 every day, so yeah. you can work it out from there. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, nice. It's, um, I think you're right there with, <laughs> you know, some people do – if you if you like your sleep, um, you'll go to bed early because you'll feel knackered anyway. Yeah. You know, after after walking all day, you'll feel knackered. I mean, sometimes I remember before I, I I went to sleep at half seven, and I was thinking, wow, I've never had as much sleep as I had on my very first ever space camp trek. Um, you know, the obviously the altitude can affect it as you get higher, but naturally you 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 should sleep well. Yeah. Um, on that one, I think you've answered Jerome's. Diane mentioned um, about will she have to carry a uh, sleeping bag. Um, in your day pack, no, I'll go, Diane. Um, yeah, if you're on, great to see you on. By the way, I know you're always on our lives. Um, yeah, you'll um, that'll go in your duffel bag, um, which your, your, your porter will carry. So you won't have to carry that. Yeah, you want to yeah. lighten the load as much as you can. Your day pack is for stuff you're just going to use during the day. Yeah, and if you um, you know, if you end up having to sleep outdoors with your day pack, something has gone desperately wrong with your trip. <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, um, yeah, probably a helicopter would be better than a sleeping bag. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, Jerome's asked, how's the Evertrek online shop coming on? Loads of stuff you need to buy, Jerome. Sorry to keep you on the um, uh, waiting for this. Yeah, we're, we're not too far away. We had a good call with our IT guys yeah, uh, last week, um, who are our web development guys, sorry, um, who are developing the back end. Um, we're not far. I mean, we'd like to say, because there's some things we had to prioritize, um, and the, the, the equipment store has kind of been put to the side. I think I mentioned a couple of times the last month or so. Um, I'm hoping that by the end of October, that'll be done. Um, just to finally get done, you'll be able to order through ours. You know, if, if you do want to get some equipment now, um, obviously there's Cotswold Outdoor, and you can still use the Evertrek discount code, which is in your members area, um, you know, if you need to get it. Otherwise, yeah, if you wait, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll tell you as soon as we know. Um, we do have some some merchandise as well, so some of our, like, caps, T-shirts, or, you know, a, a mixture of designs. Um you know, things like that. But then we'll have a technical gear as well, which is actually supplied via Cotswold Outdoor itself. Yeah. So, yeah, it won't be long. Um, we're as keen to get this done as you, but we don't want to just release it with with the issues it's currently got. Um, and unfortunately, I mean, we, although we, we obviously run the business and, um, 
you know, we do all the front stuff. It's uh, it's quite techy. Uh, we don't get involved in it, and it is taking longer than planned, unfortunately, um, yeah. because of the complexities of integrating it with the the current site. Um, but yeah, Jerome, we'll um, we'll let you know, mate, yeah. when that uh, when that's and done. To be fair, we struggle with webcams, Jerome. You know, so the uh, complexities <laughs> of creating an online store. Is I know probably... we just cracking, right? This is what we. <laughs> yeah, we just, <laughs> listen, we just like to talk and walk. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, we, uh, yeah, no. awesome. Um, I was going to say, actually, uh, Jerome has uh, actually you know made a good point there that I wanted to double talk, which is uh, you know some little hacks around sleeping as well that can make your life a little bit easier. So one of them is, um, yeah, always have your head torch handy. Um, so, you know, almost always when you're at altitude, especially if you're taking Diamox, you're going to need to go to the toilet a lot more. Yeah. So you will sleep better if you take Diamox, but you it'll be in increments, like a Japanese meal, you know, and then the rest of the time you'll be getting up to go to the toilet. Having your head torch at hand, like just right next to your bed or something like that is going to be handy. What I tend to do is just like put it around my wrist, you know, so I know where it is. Um, and then also like have some flip-flops or I use like uh, sliders, you know, um, because you don't really want to be walking into the toilets with like bare feet or socks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> say, you, you don't really want to be, I, I really mean that. So like having some sliders or some flip-flops on and stuff like that just means you can just put your feet out, put them in and walk off and stuff like that much, much easier. Um, yeah, I think um, I, I just saw that because I know we talked about this before because we talked about peanut altitude. Um, whilst you whilst you're on the subject and Ramona mentioned about uh, a Ziploc bag during the night um, yeah go for it I've not I've not done that myself it seems obviously with ladies and men you know there, there are some targeting issues mm. um, you know so you don't want to make a mess so I, I'd, I'd probably do it outside the tent but and there are like if you're on Killy um, we do we don't just use the um, um, what are they called the long drops we actually provide um, our own private toilets so they're carried yeah. carried down um, and we use them. So there's a little bit more private, a uh, little bit more privacy yeah. um, than going all the way because the, the camps can be quite big. So walking all the way to long drops. But whereas we have one or two on the actual our little campsite. Yeah. Um, just it's a little bit closer if you need to uh, run yeah. off in the middle and of the night. If you are going to pee in like a Ziploc bag or a bottle yeah. or something like that, you can get this stuff called like it's called black powder. The one I saw. Where if you like, if you pour it into a glass of water, it completely turns it into a jelly, you know, so it wow. doesn't spill or anything. And then you can just like pour it out and stuff like that. But I'll be honest with you, I'm no expert because I just don't know. I just go to the toilet, find a bush or something like that, you know. But I know that the the powder jelly stuff is something that people use um, use a lot before. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we did have one question from, I think it was... Let me have a look. Okay, uh, Jill, how, how on Killy approximately, how many of track days is spent? I'm going to bring this in. We haven't done that this week. <laughs> I was realizing, yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming that's 20 degrees C. Um, how many days do you spend above 20 degrees C? Probably when, well, based on when I was in February, days, yeah. at least the first two to three days yeah. um, are quite, are quite hot. Um, to be honest, it's more... The first couple of days you're walking through the jungle, so it's more the humidity, you yeah. know. So, um, and then once you get up onto the open plains, um, it might be that hot, so you've got to be careful for the sunburn. But it tends to be you have a bit of a wind on you, so it actually feels doesn't feel as hot as it is. Um, I know Steve, um, our videographer, sunburned his hands quite badly holding the camera on those sort of days. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say the first couple of days, the higher you get on Kilimanjaro, the colder the days become. 
but actually I never really experienced a cold day. Um, the nights were cold and summit night was really cold. The rest of the days were pretty mild, you know, not too extreme either way. Yeah, nice. No, it's a good, yeah, exactly. Um, it's, and what you said there about um, Steve Byrne and his hands, I mean, when you're a high altitude, because the, the air is a little bit thinner, more UV rays do get through. So don't forget to pack the sunscreen. Yeah. You definitely also, um, Ash Dixon has said, um, yeah. guys, uh, Andy, this might be one you bear. Uh, yeah. Hey, Ash, thanks for joining us. Yeah. So he's asked um, to take pictures up at EBC. What do people use? Actual cameras or will your phone camera work? He's experienced his phone battery dying quick up Scaffold Pike last February when it was really cold. Okay. Um, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're into your photography, um, you know, we do get a lot of people that bring their, you know, the DSLRs, um, whether you've got a mirrorless camera, whatever you've got bit of tech some some people use a phone camera now because i mean whether you've got an iphone or android a lot of the phone you know phone cameras are awesome um and do just as good a job i know you know you can probably do more from an editing perspective with a, a dslr but yeah from a battery point of view um you know we always talk about uh, i know dave always talks about uh, getting battery packs that can charge um you know charge your phone um you know especially if you're getting like an anchor power back if you go to our knowledge center ash I think Lauren's on here now. If she could put a link to that, uh, there is one around the power banks, and you can go and you can get them on Amazon for like twenty, twenty-five pounds. Or wait for Amazon Day; they are a little bit cheaper, and they are brilliant because they can charge your phone like several times over. And then, yeah, you, like you've experienced it on Scaffold Pike. I've had it happen to me a couple of times. It was really cold, so definitely keep any batteries or any power, or even your phone. Try and keep it in a warm place um maybe wrap it in a sock in your bag or something like that um just to sort of maximize it but naturally you, you, you know if you're in, if it's that cold it's going to drain your battery so it's good to have backups um yeah yeah i mean it's you know you want to you want some memories there um you know if, you, if you've got a phone camera that'll likely you know do the job but if you want something a bit more techy get a, get a nice slr yeah exactly i just noticed jill harana said that she's ginger so factor 50 spf um yeah 100% Jill I may have dark yeah. hair on my head um but I'm what's called a, a day walker um <laughs> so although I have dark hair I actually have ginger skin um my mum is as ginger as they come and I'm covered in I am covered in freckles you just have to believe me um <laughs> and so like I burn I burn a lot so yeah factor 50 I even got this total sunblock stick that I used on my lips um i'll be honest the mustache kind of helps that now but um i remember once i burnt my top lip and that was just the worst <laughs> yeah um so uh, lauren's just shared the um the power back link uh on there so awesome um yeah check that out ash i think um yeah definitely mate uh, there's some good options there for power banks they're huge as well now some of them you, you know even bigger obviously they're a bit more weighty um but they are brilliant and yeah just while you're talking about um 50 plus then i, I always use 50 plus on a high altitude um, you know, I to be honest, I always use 50 plus if I'm going to a beach in the UK or even if I'm sitting on a beach somewhere in, yeah. in the Mediterranean. Uh, um, Laura, yeah, if you use 50 plus and you're still getting burned, then you need to cover up. Yeah. Um, so everyone laughs at my hat, but I have like a, like a bucket hat that I wear when I'm trekking. Yeah. Don't care. I'll rock it. <laughs> you know, well, like, you know it's your own style, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't get burned. And I also have um, long sleeves on all the time. Yeah. So you can get a thin base layer, but yeah, always long sleeves. Um, no, um, oh yeah, Mark Ramos says, as opposed to a white walker. No, I'm de I'm definitely like a more more of a, a day walker. We're known as in the community. Um, good yeah. Game of Thrones reference there. Yeah, but but it's not ginger. Um, if you ask me, it's uh, it's like Viking sunset. 
<laughs> That's right. Yeah, you do have you do have that that Celtic. I mean, I'm the same. I burn easy anyway. Um, I I always have done. Um, but yeah, yeah, you've you've got those tat tattoos, mate, to cover it up now. So yeah, yeah, that makes it worse. Really? Yeah, it makes you, it makes it because your skin like it's it's like darker. Honestly, it attracts the, it just burns more. I'm telling you, it, yeah. it's a problem in the tattooed community. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let you know if I have that issue. I know. Uh, Maybe on the agenda in the future, Dave. I was thinking about it the other day now, but I'll, I'll talk that off um, off piece anyway. Uh, do you know what? Um, we just used uh, the lassie in the lodge, and I was thinking, yeah, you don't want to drink lassie in the lodges because it's milk, but actually I think she meant girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the lassie, yeah. Um, so, Will Anderson, uh, when you come to Scotland for training day, where do you think? Yes, so um, we're very close to, to launching, actually. It's pretty much done. We've got dates for next year where we teamed up with um, – uh, basically, they're a mountaineering company called Aim Higher. They're based in Snowdon, uh, on, in Snowdonia National Park, sorry, and uh, run by a great, a great guy called Steve Jones. Um, we're going to be releasing those trips, um, and they're, they're trips with us, and uh, as I say with us, in collaboration with us. Uh, we won't necessarily be there, but the we are doing some in, in Scotland. Um, it's more of a winter skills sort of side in Scotland, but and it always depends on the conditions because naturally we'll have a date, but it depends because it's winter skills. Um, it depends if that's in the Cairngorms or whether that's in another area like near Ben Nevis. So we we do keep we are flexible with that. Um, but the dates are in January and February next year, um, and we'll be releasing them really well very soon. Um, will so yeah, definitely look out on our social uh, social media channels. And I know you're on the email list, so we'll be dropping those in, uh, and you can book yourself in on those. Um, you know, learning all about especially. They're, they're kind of fitted to specific trips generally. So if you go in, say, to Mount Tupacal in winter, if you go in to climb Island Peak or Mera Peak, or, or even if you just want to get involved and, do, and you know, get some experience on, on with crampons, ice axe, navigation during winter, you know, how to climb steeper winter ascents, you know, things like that. It's a great weekend. And, you know, if, if any of you have ever been to Scotland, or I know a lot of a lot of ever trekkers come from Scotland. Just an amazing place to visit, anyway. It's one of my favorite places in the world. Um, that's why I, I try and spend as much time as I can there. Yeah. Um, I'd like to say I'm uh, almost half Scottish, just for the amount of time I like to spend up there. Not as much as you, Dave. No. Um, but no, I, uh, I I do love Scotland. I got to be honest. I can't yeah. wait to get back up there, especially during winter. That's why I'm really excited about the winter now because Scotland's one of the best places to do it. Yeah. Um, um, and and altitude. Andy Blakeman has said. Yeah. Uh, thinking about Killy on average, how many miles and how much ascent per day. What I think would be best for you, Andy, is if Lauren, um, if she can hear me, uh, puts a link to um, our website where you can download the guide. Yeah. Um, and uh, and on the website as well, it has a lot of information on there um, about like what each day is about. So you can break down mm-hmm. the itinerary. It's got the altitude points of each day and stuff like that. Generally speaking, um, you don't actually, it's not that long in terms of days. Most days are on average between sort of five to seven hours um, with, you know, like some rest and stuff like that, all except summit day. Summit day is a beast. That's like 20 odd hours long. Um, You know, it's it's really hard and it takes a long time, um, but it's, you know, nothing, you know, what do they say? And nothing worthy has ever gained easy or something like that. Anyway, yeah. know, awesome, but it's, it's worth the difficulty. But yeah, if Lauren can post a, a link to the website, you can have a look at the information on there. Yeah. Only because I know the height of Killy, but I can't remember the actual height of each like ascent per day. Yeah, um, 
I think she's put it on there. There we go. Kilimanjaro, the long way guide. And also as well, if you do drop onto the uh, our YouTube channel, if you just type in Evertrack YouTube into Google, it'll come up with our um, our uh, page. And actually worked out, there's actually 100 videos on there now. I couldn't believe that. Yeah. I was like, um, yeah, there's 100 YouTube videos. So if you fancy a bit of Trek flicks, sorry, I have to get that in there. Um, you know, and <laughs> there's um, there, there's 10 videos on there now, which is a walkthrough for Kilimanjaro specifically. Yeah. So I'll be talking about, you know, where what height we're starting at, what type we're going to, and just generally giving you a little bit of a walkthrough of each day. So I highly recommend that if you're, you're sort of thinking about the, you know, how much ascent per day, um, you know, how many hours, Andy, um, then definitely check it out. I'll give you a little bit more insight yeah. um, into, into that. Yeah, like Andy said, get over to um, Netflix. You might even enjoy it, you know. Stranger things has happened. <laughs> Brilliant. No, I, I can't hear them all, and but I'm assuming they're all chortling with laughter about that. <laughs> That's very good. Very good. Um, great stuff. Another thing as well, I want, I, I, I mean, this isn't, um, I suppose, I, I always put this out there, and if there's Miko is on here, he's going to love this, because um, for the last five or six months, he's been, Andy, Andy when are you going to start doing Aconcagua? When are you going to start doing the dates? Well, um, if you happen to go on the Evertrek website, so we haven't launched it yet, so... You know, we always tell our Evertrek community first, but if you do go on there and you uh, scroll down, you'll see that Aconcagua is on the website now. You can actually download the guide, have a little look through it. Um, we've been really wanting to launch this for the last, well, since the end of last year, but obviously with the beginning of this year and what's happened, it kind of went on the back burner. Yeah. Luckily, um, we're now trying to move forward. And yeah, with um, Argentina, it's one of our biggest and highest trip we do. Um, just under 7,000 metres is Aconcagua. So if you are keen to sort of uh, step up to even more altitude um miko i know you were uh, you were keen on looking at that um definitely get on there have a download the guide have a little look and if it's for you it's obviously a big big trip <laughs> hey is miko i knew he's on the live um yeah download it um i say we haven't announced it but it's only when uh, only when live uh, last week finally yeah. um check out the dates miko we got dates up until the end of 2023 yeah. um but yeah just download the guide have a little look through it and it's um you know we're, I, i'm really excited about that yeah i can't it's, wait um, it's another level really for for us and we're, we're really excited training has started for it already and we haven't even like locked in a date yet but um yeah so excited for that you know highest mountain outside of the himalaya yeah um it's the second of the seven summits um that you're now able to book yeah. and yeah i words can't quite express how excited i am about Aconcagua. it's awesome yeah uh, james is on there as well mate yeah he's had um James has done battle with Island Peak as well, so he has. I know. Yeah, you'll do it. <laughs> but now there's um, there's some there's some great stuff. I put trying to put as much information as we can on there. We got a really good team down in South America. Um, you know, they're they've been doing Aconcagua for many a year. Obviously, it's new for us, but they've been going for over twenty years now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, um, check it out. We'll we'll obviously. Well, I think we'll do further down the line we'll do a bit more of a, a launch and a bit more of a, a, a tune in about that um you know all about Aconcagua but that's uh we'll, well, yeah, because that. honestly yeah that's a whole tune in because there's so much more we can tell you about it things yeah. that we're doing differently things yeah, that are really really exciting um you know because it's you, as always we like to make it an Evertrek trip you know so yeah, um exactly and uh yeah there's a couple of things that we do perhaps slightly differently that make it uh, an awesome trip you know um yeah so yeah, should we do it? We'll, we'll work out that soon, should we, Andy? Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah, but definitely. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, we've been talking about it here, about, um, you know, how we're going to, to, to launch it and things. But, yeah, well, just for now, um, download the guide, have a little read. Obviously, drop us an email if you want any further info, but uh, 
check it out. But yeah, brilliant. Um, I think we've got one one more question. I think Suzette's got another question just before we dash because I know we've been almost an hour now. And thanks if you've if you've been on um, for the entire time. Uh, it was about rent and down jacket. Wonder if they're inside pockets. Um, I, I presume we're talking about Nepal. Um, in the Nepalese ones, there are right. I know there's there's got they got an inside pocket, uh, inside chest pocket. Um, yeah. So certainly, if you, I, I, I kind of try to think that if you, you're storing maybe a phone in there, that'll keep it warm. So Suzette, yeah, there are ones there. If you're in uh, Kili, uh, if you're in Tanzania, um, the jackets there again will have um, inside pockets um, for you as well. Yeah. And that's it for today. Um, yeah, I know we've been going almost an hour. Um, you know, thanks for everyone for joining us. Again, we'll we'll be in touch. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday. Um, not sure what it's going to be about yet, but uh, as always, we we always try and look at yeah. what people are talking about and things. But yeah, thanks for joining us today. And hopefully, Dave will be released from prison for next week. Um, yeah. You know, so he can join us back in the office. But uh, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, well, I've been a model prisoner, so I think um, yeah, day release is probably on the cards. But um, no, yeah, it's been awesome, guys. Thank you very much again, and uh, yeah, see you next week. Yeah, cheers, guys. All the best. Bye. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in, but I yeah. hope you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks. Now, if, uh, if you've enjoyed it, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know, all these uh, podcasts we put together, the episodes, trying to reach as many people as possible. And if it's helped you, leave us a lovely review. Um, and yeah, we'll see you again next week. Yeah, all the best, guys. Bye. I'm going to go to the next one.